Welcome to Scrollin' episode 89. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. What's going on, man? Not much. Have you been singing the Song of Fire, Davius? Not the Song of Ice and Fire. Sure. Different song. Different one. I actually forgot that the, <laughs> fi- the, the Song of Fire was going on completely okay. until you reminded me just a couple days ago. And I went, oh, yeah, there's... We have a, we have a new DLC. Yeah, a new DLC zone. Firesong DLC is now live on PC. It's been live for a week. Consoles are going to get it next week. Um, no real surprises in the patch notes or anything like that. All the stuff that we talked about during PTS and all that went live just as it was. Um, so nothing new there. Very buggy launch. Probably the, the buggiest launch we've had in a couple of years, I would say. Um, I don't know. Just a lot of weird stuff. A lot of crashes. Davius, I think you experienced some crashes. Yep. Actually, we were queued up for a BG and you, you crashed <sighs> one time, like as yeah. soon as the queue popped. It's devastating. Yeah, that was uh, that was frustrating. Uh, some weird stuff with Siege Engines and Cyrodiil and the DK Standard Ultimate, and um, just kind of some frame rate stuff. A lot of a lot of a lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. I think most of it has been worked out by now, but it was just kind of weird for for such a seemingly like simple release. You know, like not a lot going on with this release. Uh, surprisingly, very buggy. Worse than Markarth, and Grizzly asks, man, I guess I don't really remember. That one doesn't stand out in my mind as a really buggy release. I'm sure it was. It's just, that was a long time ago. There was just a lot of, uh, a lot of weird, unique, unexpected bugs, I feel like, this patch. that was like, where did this come from? Yeah, well, especially like no like crazy new systems or anything are being introduced. It's like a very kind of ho-hum sort of release. So it's just surprising that... So many things were affected, but like I said, most of it's been worked out by now. I think I haven't really experienced any crashes. The I was getting some performance issues, but most of that seems to be cleared up, and I think most of it has been taken care of. Um, so you haven't? Have you been to the new zone at all yet? I have been there for about fifteen seconds. You were talking about some sunflowers, and so I had to verify. Oh them. yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I saw them. So found them. So not enough time to really have any real impressions yet. No, or anything I didn't like even that. look at the. Uh, I haven't even looked at the town yet. I actually like the town, Vastir. It's actually a, a pretty cool town. Um, I'll tell you my early impressions. I've I've started. I'm. I would estimate I'm maybe like, I don't know, a sixth through the main <laughs> so story. So you even started some of the quests. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've done a couple of side quests. I'm in the middle of of one right now and I'm I've started on the main quest and I've and I've explored a pretty good portion of the map. Now, early on when you first poured into the zone and you're right around that main city Vestir, you know, I was kind of exploring around that general vicinity and it really is just kind of high aisle junior right there. It's like, you know, there's more sunflowers and a lot of those white rocks and you know, my, my first impression was like, okay, it's just smaller high aisle. I get it. Um, but I kind of got to exploring and started following some of these quests and it takes you to other parts of the map. I was actually really ple- pleasantly surprised at how um, that island has some very diverse biomes. Like when you get up to the the northeast part of the map, it has like a really, really dense jungle sort of area. Like more like the coolest jungle area in the whole game. This is like the okay. most convincing. Like I feel like I'm in this deep, dark, dense jungle with a thick overhead canopy. Uh, there's like lava streams flowing through the jungle. And, it, you know, it's like kind of dark in there. But then there's these bright lava streams 
looks really cool. Uh, there's like waterfalls. They use verticality in some really cool ways. There's like, um, you know, like fallen trees, like hollowed out tree trunks and stuff that form these natural bridges to get around. Really, really neat zone. I've, I've actually been enjoying the exploration way more than, than I did High Isle. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's like half the size. Yeah, you're selling me on it a little bit. I'm have to check. And it that's out. just like the northeast area. If you go to the northwest area, uh, it's a totally different kind of thing. It's like this giant, like canyon sort of gorge area. It's huge. It's like this giant crater in the ground, and there's all, all this sort of weird supernatural stuff happening there. I haven't really explored that one very deeply yet, but it's also really interesting looking. Okay. Um, so I'm way more into this zone than I was the the main high aisle zone. I've I've really been captivated by it. A lot of really cool interiors too. Like when you go inside some of these buildings, a lot of that stuff looks really really neat. So I think you're going to enjoy uh, the exploration aspect at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will eventually do it. I'm actually pretty big on completing the the story, the quest storylines. So I usually make sure to complete those. Uh, I don't know. I just. The high one was probably, you know, I thought it was okay. It just didn't, you know, it didn't keep me on the edge of my seat. And so that's probably why I haven't started up on that quest yet. I was kind of not super hyped about starting these quests because, like, I, I wasn't really hyped about High Isle. Like, I ended that quest and I was like, okay, that was kind of fun, I guess. But it, it's over and no big deal. Um, so I was just kind of expecting more of the same here. But I've actually been enjoying it quite a bit more. And I think it's just because of that setting and that atmosphere and the environment it just seems so much better in this release than it did in high isle and it got me to thinking like in this game that's that really is what it takes to have fun quests right like when you do a quest none of the actual things that you're doing are really very fun you know you're just talking to an npc or you're you know looting some stuff from someplace it's usually not anything that's particularly challenging or interesting. It's really just the setting and the atmosphere and where you're at and that kind of stuff that makes it interesting. Uh, and it seems like they've done a lot better job at making that the focus. I really feel like, especially like I said, a lot of these interiors are exploring some kind of caverns and stuff like that. They did a really good job of setting the tone of those places. That's exciting. Good news. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've been very pleasantly surprised with that aspect of things. Uh, there's some old favorite NPCs that show up. Uh, I won't give away any spoilers, but you'll you'll see a couple of familiar faces. There's a couple of new kind of, you know, featured NPCs that they've introduced that I'm sure we'll see return in the future as well. Um, so those are pretty cool. Uh, one of the side quests I did actually just today is very like m for mature kind of like like for, for for i mean i know this game is rated m for mature but man it was uh i was surprised by just the the theme of this particular quest line uh very out there uh yeah mother make it a <laughs> a, a funny face in the chat Every, everyone's eyebrows went up <laughs> it took me by surprise but it's very i mean you know it's it's still Elder Scrolls. It doesn't get like mm. too out there, but it's uh it's very risque. The the topic that's that's going on and the the puzzle you're trying to solve. Uh, pretty entertaining okay. though. I enjoyed okay. it. So yeah, the just like the role play and the exploration and the questing and all of that. I I really feel like I'm getting my like subscription money's worth just just with that alone. I was kind of like not super hyped about this expansion or not or not not an expansion dlc we're not really getting anything interesting i'm not really super hyped about any of the armor sets or anything so i was just kind of like i don't care about this dlc but 
it's grabbing me, man. It's really grabbing me. Okay, that's a good. That's a good sign. Yep. Yep. I feel like I'm easier to grab than you, so that bodes well for me. <laughs> um Okay, so you remember that set we talked about in the last episode? We were we were trying to pronounce it Bastion of Droif, D-R-A-O-I-F-E. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple of the NPCs have corrected my pronunciation on that. It is Dreyfa is how it's pronounced. So mm-hmm. that set is called Bastion of Dreyfa. You know, it just, it wouldn't be scrolling if we got it right the first time on pronunciation. That's just I mean, what chance style. did we have with that That's style? true, like but it's s- just... six vowels in a row there. You know what? <laughs> We've got a style, all right? We're going to say it how we say it, and then in the next episode, we'll get it right. This new target markers system, Davis, you had asked on the last episode if you're able to see the target markers through objects, like through line of sight. You actually can. Um, I was guessing I hadn't tried it at that time, but I was guessing that you probably could not, but, uh, I have tried that. You can do that. Unfortunately, the target markers do not seem to work in battlegrounds, which is really the one place I would use them. That's the devastating part. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's intentional or not. It honestly seems pretty buggy, the target marker system. So (laughs) it could be that that's just not intentional and they'll fix it maybe i don't know they did say it's going to be usable in pvp i was just about to say i personally was able to get it working in pvp although intentionally (laughs) i was the only one in the map and i'm pretty sure our enemies could see it as well so it did not work out for the better yeah well i think you already had it on you before you poured it in right and then you poured it in and you had it it actually was uh we were playing and you had put a symbol over me because we were talking about it and testing it. And then I logged off for the night. When I logged back in, the symbol you had put on me was stuck to me and I couldn't take it off. And then it, it stuck with me when our uh, BGQ popped. Went in there, it was still on me. And then it was like changing symbols depending on who. Was yeah, like different on. people. Yeah, different people <laughs> would see different symbols. There's definitely, yeah, Mother was with us. She's saying Pink Moon. I was in Pink the Moon chat. for Mother. Uh, that's what I, she I saw the yellow star. Mm-hmm. I think you said you were seeing the triangle or something yep, like that. A little orange triangle thing. Not really sure what it is, but so obviously some uh, some wrinkles to iron out on that system. Hopefully they will, and hopefully they'll make them work in battlegrounds because it's really the only place I would really use them. And that's kind of the one new feature of this release that I was kind of looking forward to. Like I'm actually going to use this thing. Um, so that would be nice. Yeah. I have not yet had a chance to try out any of the new sets. I don't think there's any really <clears throat> that I'm really itching to get my hands on. What about you, Davius? Is there any that you're interested in? I'm, yeah, no, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I have some things that I definitely are on my list that I want to farm, and none of these new sets have kind of cracked that list. There's definitely some other things I'd like to farm uh, before. Stormweaver's Cavort I'm interested in, but so far, not. I guess not enough to try and go get it because I haven't done that yet. Here's the thing about Stormweaver's Cavort for me is, uh, I you know, and we talked a little bit about this, but really like the idea. It's a really, you know, could make a really fun character, but is it going to make enough of a difference to make up for counting as your mythic item? Like, is it an yeah, actual... to make up for not using Gaze of Sithis. Yeah, is it... Is it an actual buff? Like, if you just swap your resources, I don't see how it's a potential buff i I don't see how it's like you're getting more it seems like you're just trading places but you're having to sacrifice your your mythic piece for it there's no extra buff along with it 
And and I could be getting yeah. wrong. I haven't looked at it in a minute, so maybe there's some other stats it gives you. I don't. I guess it gives you the sustain. That's the other part to it. But I don't know. You I just come out ahead in terms of sustain, and I could see maybe something you could exploit that somehow. But even then, I don't know if it's really going to be worth it. I just it. don't know if the stat, like the actual buff or stats, like is it going to give you an actual benefit, or is it just changing? the style of play and I don't know mythic pieces it's, yeah, are that, a big deal that same that same uncertainty to me is why I haven't started farming it yet because it's like man it's going to take a lot of time to get a hold of and then am I even going to want to use it I don't know yeah. but I will eventually just because it's such a weird thing I just got to have it in the collection anyway something that I'm I'm really surprised I have not seen the Fawn's Lark cladding thing at all with the charm status I don't think oh, I've seen yeah. it a single time yeah, yeah I've like forgotten all about that thing. I also haven't seen the uh, the barrier thing. I thought we'd see that with some of the tanky players right now, but haven't seen that either. Uncle Sam says about the Stormweaver's Cavort, it's only really swapping Roll Dodge and Break Free uh, to Magicka because Block can already be a stat choice from picking uh, Sword and Board or Ice Staff. Mm-hmm. Or even just Ice Staff and not using that one passive, right? And that, that would work too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it seems like it might not really be worth it. I was expecting that Fonslark cladding. I mean, that thing is so weird and niche and, and cool. I would I was just expecting to see a lot of that. Um, but I guess since it's just regular CC, basically, they, they made it to where it, it functions just like a normal stun, essentially. So it's like kind of hard to justify dedicating a mythic to that, really. I could see that. You know, like I'm not I'm not interested in it for that reason. There's there's a Davius build out there in the future that's going to involve that and the the Vatishran sword and board that pulls everybody into the group. And okay. It's just gonna it's just gonna be all sorts of just wackiness. Just troll build. Yeah. Just pull everybody into run the map, and then I'll randomly walk through them, I guess, to to charm them. I, I had Maybe. to wait to see nobody else using it though. If it became popular, I'm out. But. Nobody using it now. Oh, you're in the clear. You're in the clear. Oh, it's that. up yeah. more up my alley. <laughs> yeah, you'll be the probably literally the only one. I I don't think I've seen it a single time. Really surprising. Um, I don't really see anyone in like guild chats or anywhere talking about really any of the new sets. I don't think like there's really nothing that's that's really grabbing people. I think this collection of sets that came out this go around were a lot of decent sets, but not a not really any like extremely like really really good sets to replace the the heavy hitters that we're already using right now. Yeah, no game changers in this set. Probably the yeah. uh, I can't remember the name of the Theurge or blanking on the name, but there's one oh, that the, uh, the moth pre- yes, Phoenix the moth, moth Theurge. Yeah, Thank you. yes, that's the one that I probably think will probably be the most used of the sets. Yeah, that one seems really good, especially for a support. Um. But yeah, no one's no one's like making a big stink about uh, any of these new sets. I think a lot of them will just kind of be shuffled into the mix of all the sets in the game, you know. And some of the, some of them will be perfectly great sets for the right build here and there. But yeah, like you said, none of them are game changers. Anyway, that, I guess that's all the PVE stuff we, we have to talk about. Uh, of course, like always, we've mostly been doing uh, PvP, a lot of Battlegrounds. Um, the BG meta is just kind of more of the same from the last time that we talked. Um, now that this, this patch has gone live, all the, all the things that were true 
Last patch are just kind of more true now, <laughs> right? More so true. They're just more true. There's even more wardens and there's even more crowd control and everyone's even more tanky um, is basically how it is. You know, I was thinking about this and I, I think, you know, we, we can come out and say this. I don't think it's a secret. We're not super crazy about the uh, state of Battlegrounds right now. It's not ideal. Yeah, um, not our favorite. But I was thinking about this, and I really think it's just, it's it's like a huge imbalance. Because right now, in, in a BG, there's either, you're either going to get in a match where you've got a lot of execute builds on good teams, so you're going to have teams with 15, 20 kills, or you're going to get in a match where the highest kill count is five. And it really just seems like there's no in-between right now. It's either a massive blowout because... You got some execute builds and a whole bunch of people playing objectives, or you have a whole bunch of people ready to deathmatch, but they're all built for this tanky meta, and so nobody can die. And it just that I, I was really thinking about this over the past week, and that's the part that is I've really struggled with is that it is on such either end of the extreme, and there's no middle ground. Which usually that middle ground is where the really fun, really you know, competitive battleground matches happened. And there's just, there's no really middle ground right now. It's either you're in a match where nobody dies or you're in a match where these execute builds just kill people like they're cutting down weeds. (laughs) It's hard to say for sure, but this might be the worst meta ever, (laughs) maybe pretty close to it. (laughs) Just as far as like, man, it's impossible to kill anybody. You're never not stuck to the ground. You know, you're seeing like a whole bunch of this one kind of build all the time everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, a super duper frustrating situation. And it's something that anybody with eyes could see coming from 10 miles away. You know, like we all, as soon as we saw the PTS patch notes, everyone said, well, this is what this meta is going to be. And it's going to be terrible. And we just moved right forward with it. You know, it's just something that we're doing. Um, so it's frustrating, but. Yeah, I would say for me that the the part that that potentially makes it the worst meta is that if it was just the current state of BGs, like, you know, I I know what I just said, but I think that there's potential for good matches, but the the current state combined with the kind of mess that is the objectives in BGs right now and kind of the forced objectives, I think the combination of those two things is what puts it into the the worst meta conversation for me, for me. Yes, if it wasn't for the uh random only queue, that yep. really does exacerbate yep. the problem big time. It really because does. like that puts the incentive there to to make your builds that way in the first place, right? Like it doesn't matter if those those build options are there. If like if we're playing deathmatch, it doesn't matter if you can make your build that tanky, why would you want to? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um but now all you have all the incentive in the world to make that your build, and the one in twenty times you get a death match, just hold block, and hopefully your teammates will get the kills for you. You know you'll be fine. What really stood out to me is that we did a match the other day, and you know we got lucky and we got a death match, and it was a really competitive match. Everybody was sticking. You know it was really good teams. Everybody had pretty even teams, and it was just a really competitive deathmatch where people were playing smart um it was you know the the positioning was extremely important you know teams were, were really mobile moving around 
And then you kind of, you know, we were, we were feeling really good about the match. And you kind of hit me up and you're like, you remember when every Battleground yeah. used to be this? And it was like... That was just what Battlegrounds it were. It was like yeah. devastating to hear, but it was like so, like just like just a light bulb turned on in my brain. I was like, man, that is exactly what it used to be. Like every match used to be deathmatch only, competitive, like all the builds were like focused on deathmatch. Uh, it was it was kind of sadness, but like uh, uh, a puzzle piece fitting into place at the same time. Yeah, it really it really was a moment to like realize like you know how far we've fallen and how much more fun <laughs> it used to be when we could choose the mode that we wanted to uh, for everybody, including people who don't particularly care for deathmatch. You yeah, know, it was better for everybody. We've we've rehashed that gosh ten zillion times. So <laughs> I guess we don't have to do that all again. But I think that I am still hopeful for the future of the combat meta. For one, of course, we all know it's all cyclical. You know, yep. nothing ever is going to stay the same forever. Um, you know, the very next pa- the very next update we get, I guarantee you, we're going to get some more balance adjustments, and the patch after that, and the patch after mm-hmm. that, and it's just going to keep going, going, and going. Um, the kind of balance situation right now to me seems somewhat incomplete and i think like the first quarter of this next year coming up they always give us these sort of announcements of like a sort of a roadmap of what their plan is for the upcoming year for the combat system and all that um i think we're going to get some good news i think we're going to hear some stuff uh, about about where they're wanting to take things that is going to lay my mind to rest make me feel a little bit better about things that's that's my expectation hopefully yeah. i'm i'm not wrong about that but we can always hang on to that, you know, the fact that the meta is always changing. It's a mm-hmm. it's a frustrating thing at times, but it's a it's also a source of hope in, in times like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, we've we've played this game for so long and, and we're not going anywhere, even with, you know, the current, you know, we we're not crazy about it, but we're still sticking with it. Still love the game. We're still hopping on playing BGs. And I 100 percent am the same place with you. I actually am. Uh, pretty excited about a lot of stuff in the upcoming year about the potential like i'm i'm officially i'm saying it now i'm going on record i'm officially uh, allowing myself to get my hopes up for next year Uh, yeah i think i'm I'm there with you yeah i think with some of the messaging some of the some of the things some of the decisions i i feel i've got my hopes are up for next year i i feel like we've got good things coming uh, and even then, like, I have we, that same kind of feeling in my gut. Like this yeah, year is going to be a good one. This is the one. This mm-hmm. is the one. Uh, and so I feel really good. And we're, you know, we're still going to be hopping in BG. So the game's still a lot of fun. We're still loving the game. Uh, we'll just, uh, you know, Mother of Dragon says, "Let's get a deathmatch weekend first before we get our hopes up." <laughs> It's nice. bound to happen. It is bound to what happen. What if they skip it? What if we just get like another Capture the Relic weekend, like the next one or something? <laughs> what, what would have been really fun is if uh, it would have been hilarious if it happened on this past weekend when Sam was out of town. Well, Uncle oh, Sam that would have been beautiful. For the deathmatch weekend. I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been good. That would have been mm. good time. Well, yeah, so... As much as we are really not enjoying the current PvP meta, we are we do have high hopes for the future. I think 2023 is going to be our year, um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the status of Templars. Davius, you're a kind of a Templar main. It's yeah, ambiguous. I'd say so. I got three of them. That counts, right? I got more of them than any other yeah. character. 
I'm a Templar main in PvP at least. Um, Templars have been through a lot lately, you know. We've talked about them a lot. They're going through some things right now. They're they're going know, through some things, man. They're dealing with some things. So uh, we got the our, our latest nerf, the backlash nerf, right? That's the the base ability of power of the light. Um, and man, it it indeed was nerfed. So that's a nerf. Last patch, <laughs> it's a big old nerf. I was getting maybe like between nine thousand to fifteen thousand hits from power of the light last patch before they changed it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like if I got like a fully charged power of the light, it'd be kind of in that range there. Now I'm averaging about two to three thousand. My highest hit that I've seen so far is about six thousand from power of the light, and that's my delayed burst attack. That's my big heavy hitting. It's like attack, a, it's like know? a strong dot now. <laughs> But it only it only yeah. dots once, only one dot. Um, people are still using it, like Templars. I've I've been asking around uh, to see if people are dropping it off their bars or not, and basically everyone's saying the same thing. Like, what else? Yeah, what do you what use? do you put in place of it? There's there's nothing else. Yeah, I don't have another delayed burst ability to to replace it with. It's still better than a dot, you know, barely, but it is. Um, so just going to keep using it but it is a shame it's uh i mean it's a measly little 6k damage you know in Mm. the best case scenario so far for me and that's with my build being very very offensively focused almost 7,000 weapon damage Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah definitely a big nerf there on top of you know we've gotten all these other nerfs to jabs and burning light and, and and all of that um class identity basically now is just the beam that's that's what Templars are now. It's the uh, Jesus beam. Mother of Dragons hates the beam. Yeah, we all hate the beam. Uh, I hate it for a few reasons. Of course, you see it a lot, and it, and it can be it's a it's a very strong ability. But I just hate that that's what Templars have been reduced to. It's just yeah. like this one ability. That's that's your class now. Yeah, it's the whole thing. I actually before this beam meta, I actually used to really like the beam and try to find ways to work it on the build. And now I want nothing to do with that skill. It is just, uh, I mean, if you see a Templar, they're gonna—it's a Beamplar. That's that's kind of what it is, and that's, uh, it's it's uh, it's sad to see what the what the Templar has become. Yeah, which you know that's not to say you can't have a great Templar that doesn't use the beam. And I talked a lot about my Stamplar on the last episode, and she's doing well. And she's using jabs, and there's not a beam in sight on that build, and she's doing fine. Um. But that's it. She's doing fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's not like <laughs> doing amazing. Um, so I've been thinking of reasons to play a Templar, like in Battlegrounds, and especially like thinking of like a pre-made Battleground squad where you're like really trying to make a really good squad. Mm-hmm. Why would I bring a Templar? What would be my reason? Um, so like maybe I would want to make a, a Templar uh, healer. Templars make pretty good healers, but they're not the best healers. That would probably be Wardens. Yeah. Um, I could make my Templar as a brawler and they make pretty good brawlers, but they're not the best brawlers. Uh, that'd probably be Dragon Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Templars make good ranged builds, but Magsworks are probably better ranged builds still. Yep. Um, it kind of all goes back to what we've been saying about Templars, which is they're really not the best at anything at all. What they're good at is kind of being pretty good at a bunch of things at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's that Swiss army knife kind of play style. So that... I think that would be your reason to bring a Templar uh, is would to be because you want a build that's pretty good at a bunch of things rather than a build that's extremely good at one thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Problem is with pre-mades, with like really high MMR, really sweaty kind of matches, there really isn't a place for like a generalist like that. You know, you need the best in, of, of every role. You need the best healer. You need the best brawler, all of that stuff. So I think that's how Templars are kind of struggling in the meta right now. They're really, like, they can be really great. I mean, they can be totally viable, really good, really strong build. And especially in the solo queue, I mean, you'll have a blast with a Templar. But in the meta, like the the most effective tools about, uh, available, you're making the best possible squad you can. I don't think there's room for a Templar there. Yeah. What's interesting to me is that, and I don't know how long ago it was, but it, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that that entire description you just gave was the de- was the description for a warden. You know, the Swiss yeah. Army knife. They weren't the best healer. They weren't the best brawler. They weren't the best range, but they could do all three. And now it really seems like warden. Well, Warden's become this whole new thing, but Templar's kind of fallen into that slot of this Swiss Army knife kind of hybrid, but not the best at anything. That really used to be what the Warden was. Yeah, that's that's how people used to describe Wardens, but yeah, I really do think that really is more of a Templar thing. And Wardens, mm-hmm. in my in my mind, Warden is very much support heavy. Like that's the thing they're very good at is support. Yeah. And you know, everybody can do everything, of course. Sure, you know, but yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Warden has become much more support-focused. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's well, and, and now in the new patch that you can, can make them hit pretty hard, too. <laughs> and it's weird about Templars. You know, you remember a time when Templar was the healing class, and now they're maybe, like, not even third or fourth best healer, you know? Like, Wardens, Necromancers, and... Maybe even Sorks. I've seen some amazing Sork healers out there. Yeah. King Gnar makes a good uh, point, too. Some some of the Nightblades out there can do some pretty pretty great heals as well. They can. We've seen them. King Gnar says, Warden, Nightblade, Sork. That, that's your top three uh, support classes, King Gnar? I feel like I'd put Necro up there. But point is, Templar's not up there. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, way back in the day, you remember, like, it was like, uh, if, if he, that's what the Templar class was, was the healers. I mean, they were the only healing class, yeah, you, had to, you know, yeah. way back when. Yeah, you hop into, a, you hopped into a, like, a four-group dungeon, and your healer wasn't a Templar, then people were dropping group. Well, yeah, because, like, Nightblades didn't have shrewd offering back then, you know, like, that was literally, like, there was a much bigger divide between the classes back then. Um... Anyway, let's see. Where were we? So, um, other reasons you want to play a Templar. I mean, if it, if you're not doing a pre-made, of course, you know, they have a certain aesthetic. If you like that aesthetic, yeah, um, that's a reason. Uh, jabs alone used to be reason enough, but really that's just the beam now. Mm. Um, so be- the, the beam alone is reason enough for a lot of people. <laughs> okay. uh, and honestly, that's that's totally valid reason uh, can we ability. can we just talk about kind of the irony and how hilarious it is that that they did this nerf to jabs and essentially what they said is that all templars use jabs we got to make this change all templars are using jabs we don't want the all templars to use one skill so we're nerfing these jabs and what they did is they just made beam the new jabs that's that's the only change that has yeah. happened instead of all the templars using jabs now all the templars mainly use beams pretty much uh, another very, very good reason to play Templar, probably maybe one of the biggest reasons is that they're very easy to play. It's a very beginner friendly class, maybe the most beginner friendly class. Uh, and it's very easy to make a build. They don't really rely on any 
weird, difficult to to obtain sets or anything like that. You can get on a Templar, put together a decent build right away, and there's no complicated play style to learn. Everything's very straightforward, and you can you can get good results right away. So those are all good reasons to play a Templar. They're they're not the best at anything, but they're pretty good at a bunch of things. Um, so, you know, Templars are not in terrible shape, um, but yeah, they're just not, there's not a real place for them in pre-mades is kind of the, the bottom line there. So it's only a matter of time. Like we were just saying, everything's always shifting. It's always going in cycles. Nothing ever stands still with this meta. It's always a moving target. Yep. And that's like a feature of the game. You know, so you should, you should always just be expecting that. It's only a matter of time before Templar gets some buffs. Uh, what buffs will those be? We we don't know, but what we do know is that Davius Starjumper has a secret admirer <laughs> on the on the development team. We all know it. It's it, it's plain as day to anyone with eyes. They're all, they're listening to the show. They're always buffing Davius's builds. We've all seen it. Fellow Nord on that developer team. So um, Davius was kind enough to write up a Templar buff wish list. I I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, no. Davis. Uh, not at this all. Is Davius's, this is Davius's Templar this is, buff uh, wish list. So if you want to, if you want to give Davius some buffs, here's your opportunity. This is uh, this is my buff wish list. But you know, if you could, let's just here. You know, let's let's have you read back my wish list to me. Let's have you, you know, explain what that that wish list is. That's a great idea. I was going to suggest <laughs> the same thing. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, wish number one. You know, this is kind of like getting into the season for making like holiday wishes. It's like, it's like we're making wishes for Christmas presents. There we go. We're right, right uh, in season. Look at us. Wish number one. Put four seconds of snare immunity on the cleansing ritual ability, either the base ability or one of the morphs. That's very specific by me, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, you wrote all that right that's there. That's what I that. said. That's, that's how, I think I told you that. That's how I... Four, four well, seconds. Of this near, I, th- this near I think that's just an amazing idea, you know, personally. I think <laughs> that's one of the best ideas. We've talked about how much you love this wish list of mine as well. Like, you're a big fan. Oh, big extremely fan good. Um, but um, I, I would really like that. I, in the past, I have relied on the cleansing ritual as my uh, snare removal tool, and it's always been good enough. Uh, but we've gotten to a point now where CC is just so overwhelming that it's not enough. And I actually have to dedicate bar space to uh, actual snare removal. Uh, it'd be nice if that could just be added to Cleansing Ritual so I can go back to relying on that uh, for that and, and free up a little bar space. That'd be a nice little... Uh, or Davis, that's, that's what you think, right? That's, it would be a nice yeah. little buff to... <laughs> that's to what bars. I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Snare immunity Cleansing kinda, Ritual. That's I kind say, of what I'm gleaning from, say that from all what you're time. saying there. <laughs> uh, Dr. Professor says, sup, nerds. Thanks for joining us, man. Good to see you, Dr. Professor. Uh, all right, next on Davius's Templar next buff list. Uh, wish list, uh, put major evasion on Solar Barrage. Wow. That's just mind blown on that you one, like Davius. That, huh? you, you like that? That's maybe mm-hmm. the best idea I've heard mm-hmm. all year long. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, didn't know how good of an idea it was until I just, you know, thought about it in this moment. Solar Barrage is the, that ability that you cast on yourself, and it makes like this AOE pulse of damage emanate from around your character. And it also gives you Empower. And remember that... Um, 
and power does not function in PvP yeah. anymore, right? They've yeah. And and they they need to do something to to make up for the change to Empower and what that did to uh, Templars. They seem to be very entwined with that uh, ability. Yeah, yeah, they benefited from it quite a bit. And now, you know, that's basically half of this ability's value. So now that's just missing, you know, just half this ability was deleted from a PvP build. Um, So it'd be nice to add something extra to that to make up for that. Major Evasion would make really good sense on this ability. It's, It's like the type of ability you would imagine Major Evasion would be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great idea, Davius. Another one. That's two for two. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Davis's Templar buff wish list. <laughs> yep. Um, so next idea is uh, the Empowering Sweep Ultimate. Nothing specific on this, but just do something with it. Um, you may not be aware, but uh, you know the Crescent Sweep Ultimate, right? Uh, it, there, there's another morph. Um, yeah. It does have a it does have another morph. No one uses it because why would you? Because crescent sweep is literally sixty percent better. Yep. Um, in the tooltip. Yeah, it's literally in the tooltip. Uh, so something needs to happen with empowering sweep. There really there literally is not a reason for a magplar or a stamplar or any kind of templar to use it over the other morph. Maybe they they can increase that pulse damage or give it some sort of defensive buff. So it's like. You know, you have damage versus defense, some kind of choice like that. But there needs to be some reason yeah. to choose that morph. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good point um, by me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this is an ultimate ability. Like, this is a class ultimate ability. Like, this should have some uniqueness to it. Like, this, this, there's a lot of opportunity for creativity here. And so it would be really cool to see, you know, that's, that's a, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for uniqueness there. That definitely needs a look, which is why I have it on my list. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't take much. Just... We don't have the specific idea, but just take a look at that ability there, guys. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get you, you're the ones that get paid. You know you you can figure it out. Yep. Uh, same thing with the healing ritual ability. I don't know, we, or Davis, you don't know. Neither do I. What uh, <laughs> what needs to happen to this ability? That's the AOE burst heal ability, basically, is what it is. Yeah. Um, Templars don't really use it. It just needs to be turned into something different, like yeah, reimagined. I, yeah, I honestly just think it could be dropped as a heal ability and just. I mean, I guess it could still be a support ability, but it's just a whole opportunity for a new ability. I don't yeah. know of anybody that uses this ability. Yeah, I think that's a exactly. That's like an opportunity to get creative, make a new animation, make it a whole new thing. Like I, I can't. I'm sure there are a handful of Templars out there to have it slotted, but they'll get over it. You know, <laughs> I think that 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 needs a rework of some kind. Don't I don't know exactly what it is, but I think, yeah, you could just straight up throw the existing version in the trash and replace it with something totally different. Uh, mm-hmm. And that'd be probably an improvement. Great idea, Davius. Yeah. Another good yeah, one. Thank you. Thank um, you for that. <laughs> next on the wish list, put the major crit buff back on jabs instead of the major weapon and spell damage buff. Uh, I've had that same thought, Davius. Exactly. Like it was a much more convenient bar setup back when Jabs gave you your crit buff. Now that it gives you your weapon and spell damage buff, I kind of have like these redundant buff sources on my bar setup. I kind of have to make extra space for buffs that I don't have now. Uh, it just makes for a more crowded, more awkward bar space. It was way better back when it gave you your uh, your major crit buff instead. Yeah. 
I agree uh, with what I thought on that. Yeah, me too, Davis. So really, really good idea there. Um, and last on the wish list, of course, any anyone any class who's asking for buffs is going to ask for more damage, right? Um, Templars don't really need any extra damage added to their class. We just need to take some of the power away from the beam, yep. just a little bit, and spread that around to the other abilities that we Share have that had severely nerfed. Right? We have Share a that wealth. Yeah, we have a weaker jabs. We have a weaker burning light. We have a weaker backlash. Like our whole offensive toolkit is like super duper weak, except the beam, and the beam is way too strong. <laughs> yes. So absolutely. let's just take some power away from the beam, spread it around to these other abilities. Maybe just put it into backlash only, even would be fine. Uh, we don't have to allocate any additional power budget to the class at all. We just need to redistribute things a little bit, and we're going to be in great shape. Yeah. Uh, um, or is what that's what you're saying, Davis? I agree. That's yeah. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm about. It'd also be nice if um, power of the light. Uh, it, it right now it grants a minor breach, it, or it gives the target minor breach. It'd be nice if it gave the major breach as well. Uh, in addition to that, that's a that's another wish because uh, like that might seem to seem extreme, but the Warden's Deep Fisher ability, that's their burst attack, and it does exactly that. It, it gives major and minor reach. So. Yeah. Yeah, it gives both, not even just one, right? It gives both. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, there you go, Davius. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a really amazing wish list for Templar buffs. Mm-hmm. I think I would... If I were to make a list, it would be very similar. You would agree with a lot of that list. I I think it would be a very similar list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I hope you guys aren't tired of talking about Templars because we have some more uh, Templar talk coming up. Um, I've been playing a lot with Old Betsy, my stamina Templar. I talked with her. I talked about her quite a bit on the last episode, um, and I still just can't get enough of Betsy. You know, normally with most of my builds, I kind of cycle through my roster, you know, and I'll kind of toy around with the build. I'll make adjustments. I'll get it refined. I'll get the build just where I like it. And then it gets to a certain point where it's like locked in. It has the Cat Sparrowhawk seal of approval. Uh, and then I move on to the next build, you know, and start start doing it all over again. So I kind of reached that point with Betsy where it's like, all right, Betsy's in good shape. I feel good about Betsy. Time to move on. Uh, and then I go to my character select screen and it's just like, I still just want to play with Betsy, actually. I like look at all the rest of my 13 characters and <laughs> none of them just are appealing to me right now. I just want to keep this this Betsy train running and I'm not fighting it. You know, Betsy's my main. That's, you a, know, that's even, a Stamplar main at heart right there. Yeah, you know, and even though she's my main, I spend quite a bit of time away from her, right? Because I have all these other characters. Um, so right now it's just what my heart wants and I'm just, I'm not fighting it at all. I'm just going to go for as long as, as long as I can go. Mm-hmm. so it feels good it's like returning home you know it's like me and old betsy it's just like old times um even though we've gotten all these nerfs and i can definitely feel those nerfs no question uh but betsy's still betsy uh, and she's still the best uh in my opinion and all the things i talked about in the last episode you know all of that holds true how um you can be this swiss army knife the great strength of the templar class is that you know you can really handle any situation if you if you build your build right there really isn't anything that you're not prepared for period when it comes to PVP. Um, 
So her build, it hasn't changed. It is uh, Deadly Strikes as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality as a back bar set with a bow, Vatish Ran two-handed maul on the front bar, uh, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. It's five medium, one light, one heavy, three divines, four well-fitted, uh, tri-stack glyphs on all seven armor pieces. The jewelry is three swift with spell damage glyphs. Uh, remember, even Stamplars need to stack spell damage instead of weapon damage. Um, she's an orc. There's uh, seven points into health, just enough to get her up to 30k. Everything else is in stamina. Serpent Mundus, Sugar Skulls for the food, Tristat Potions. Um, so that's basically the setup. I did get rid of the Living Dark Bubble, and um, our buddy Uncle Sam reprimanded me for that. He scolded <laughs> me and said, uh, Templars are not allowed to, to not slot the Living Dark Bubble. Um, it's an extremely good ability. Almost, almost too good not to slot. Um, but I just got to have some more damage. And I feel like mm -hmm. defensively, I'm unkillable, especially with that bubble. Betsy just does not die. Um, take, even taking the bubble off, she's extremely survivable, even so. You know, I have to be a little bit more on my toes, a little yeah. bit more aware of things, but it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually surprised this didn't happen earlier. Just this is a very much a, a playstyle thing, and and based on your playstyle, like when you play Betsy, you don't get hit. That's that's your playstyle, and so having that bubble on there to protect you when you do get hit, uh, I can very much see that as as you you can find uh, better utility elsewhere. It seems like so I'm not surprised by that change at all. Yeah, I can stay alive. You know, I, I learned how to stay alive without the bubble, right? I played mm -hmm. without it for the longest time. Uh, and so I would rather just have more damage instead of that extra layer of survivability. So um, I replaced Living Dark with Solar Barrage, that, the ability that we were just talking about that, that uh, you, Davius, said would be nice to have a major evasion added to it. That's, yep, um, I, remember, I remember saying that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ability that has replaced Living Dark. So it's just that AoE pulse of damage. It's actually not bad damage as it is right now. I think my tooltip is like 2,600 every two seconds. So stronger okay. than most dots. And what's nice is, you know, you're not casting that on anybody. Like it's on myself. So nobody can cleanse it off and it can't be dodged either because it's AOE. So anyone who's nearby, they're getting hit with that thing. And it's actually not a bad amount of damage on top of your jabs. And also like if you hit them with the Crescent Sweep, that also has a AOE pulse of damage that continues on as well. So it all stacks up and it's really not a bad amount of damage overall. I really feel like I do have that extra kind of bite that I was lacking uh, when, when I had the bubble in its place. So that was a good change, a little bit more damage. Survivability is still totally fine. I mean, I have the Cleansing Circle, I have Vigor, I have Honor of the Dead, and I have the Barrier Ultimate. And have lots and lots and lots and lots of movement speed. So it's really not a problem. Um, I'm also really glad for fashion reasons. That bubble covers your character up and you can't see what your character looks That's like. Big time. So getting That's rid of big that. Time and, stuff right there. Yeah. No, big motivation to, to get rid of it. That was really nice. Uh, Deadly Strikes does apply to Solar Barrage, by the way. It's damage over time. So Deadly Strikes oh, counts nice. towards that damage. Yep. So, Important to note that you do have a, you have a new Betsy's got a new look that she's rocking right now. She she's kind of has a refined look. It's mm -hmm. it's honestly it's a lot. Of, it's mostly the same. I've just kind of redyed some things. I changed a couple of actual pieces, um, but she looks a lot more refined now. She's got she's a little more goth, I think. 
She's getting into her twilight years, you know. Yeah. Do you ever have to like test your outfit out in a battleground? Like you got your look and like, all right, time to test this baby out. (laughs) Absolutely. I got a full 24 hour test. I got to test it in a battleground. I got to test it in different parts of East March. I've got to test it out, you know, killing the giants, you know. There's a whole test I got to go through before then I'll make my way back to the, you know, the, the station and, and usually just change back or, you know, if it's good enough, it'll, it'll pass the tests. I have to test the fashion in an actual PVP situation. Cause sometimes you're, you're there at the, at the die station and you're thinking it looks really cool, but then you get in there and you start playing and, and the vibes off, you know, and <laughs> this you, isn't right. It's <laughs> not right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You got to test it out. Uh, what other changes did I make to Betsy? Um, I remorphed Rally to forward momentum. That way I can have that snare removal totally mandatory uh, mm-hmm. right now. Um, her combo is really simple. You just make sure Solar Barrage is active. Tag them with Power of the Light. Um, yeah, it's still worth it, I guess. Uh, hit them with the <laughs> Crescent Sweep Ultimate. Stun them with the Javelin. And then finish them off with Jabs um, is the idea there. So there is no Execute slotted. Um, it would be nice to have an execute slaughter, but I just, I don't think I can make the bar space without giving up something that I feel like is essential to the build. And kind of like what I was talking about on the, on the last episode, I I really try not to worry too much about just having huge kill counts. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on the overall team effort. And as long as we're successful as a team, Betsy can, can be happy. And it's really interesting. Like we had some matches, Davius, like, um, like I had a death match, an actual real honest to goodness death match. <laughs> it was a real one. Where where I actually put this video on YouTube where it was Betsy was doing like the classic Betsy thing where she was kinda one global cooldown to the next was doing something different, right? She's jabbing this person, she's healing this person, she's running over here, you know, just like really in that Betsy zone, just kinda juggling ten different plates at once. And I think at the end of that match, she she had like seven kills, one death, something like that. Real kind of moderate sort of score. Um, but our team won, and, and Betsy was like number one on the team, even though she didn't have the most kills or anything. Um, so that was really cool. That was like perfect, like textbook Betsy. Uh, and then we had a match after that where you were actually with me on this match. You were playing on a healer, I think. And Betsy went like 20-0 and 0 that yep. match, which is pretty unusual for her. Um but just shows the capability that, you know, I was playing support. And so she kind of shifted gears to, to more offensive and she, she can do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I had made that comment that night, like, yeah, it wasn't really a typical Betsy match there, but you're like, well, it kind of is typical for Betsy. Cause she just, she adapted to the situation, right? She doesn't have to provide support cause you have dedicated support. So you're just going full ham, full damage, and she has the tools for that. I'm like, you, you know what? You're right. You're telling me you're you're, you're spitting facts about my build, dude. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's cool how how adaptable she can be and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm just trying to focus on that, and it it's crazy. Like I've jumped back on with my Stam Sork, who I get like twenty and oh, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. You'd think that'd be like the most fun I could possibly have. I just want to go right back to Betsy. Like I'll play one match with him. I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but I just want to go back to Betsy. It's more fun to be like a team leader, you know, like you're, you're better enabling the entire team. You're not yeah. like Tayton's great, but he's totally selfish. Forget the team. The team's over there on the other side of the map. Team's who, over here. Just who needs a team, you know? Yeah. Don't need a team. 
but uh and that that's its own kind of fun i mean absolutely but uh man there's i think there's hardly any more satisfying feeling than like knowing that you elevated the team you know like you you were there contributing making a difference and you made everyone better Mm. Uh, i really like that feeling a lot absolutely um so that's Betsy Davis. What's going on with the never ending Nord, your mag crew healer. I know you have some surprises up your sleeve. Oh yeah. The never ending Nord. This is my mag crow. So this was kind of my, my next character to, to kind of uh, put an update on, kind of do an overhaul and get it to where it's a build that, that I can start playing. Um, so the initial build, this is the one that I, I played with you, tested it out. Um, the first and foremost, you know, tr- you know, transitioned it to the Oaken soul build you know, the new, the new Davius stamp of approval there. Um, of course, of course. But, uh, the, the build that I initially transitioned to was, uh, Oaken Soul, uh, Ken Marcher's Cruelty, uh, Winter's Respite, and then One Piece Trainee. Um, and then the, the bar was, uh, Blockade of Frost, uh, the Totem, uh, Renewing Undeath, which is kind of that circle heel on the ground that the, uh, Necromancer has, uh, Caltrops, and then the uh, Mender for heals, and then I was using the Colossus as the ultimate. And here's, here's what it came down to. It just wasn't wacky enough for me. You know, a Davius build <laughs> needs some wackiness. It has a new build now. I like it. It's right up on the wackiness level. Uh, I've tested it out, very, very lightly tested it out. So, uh, But I do, I do feel it, it, it's clicked into place. It, it feels right now. Uh, and what, what the new build is, still an console build, uh, I did keep Winter's Respite on there, and a throwback to, to an old Davius favorite here. Uh, Five-piece Cold Harbor's favorite is the <laughs> other set on this build now. Uh, and so it kind of sounds like a joke, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into, I'm gonna get into here in a minute about how it actually kind of makes sense on this build. So uh, real simple, it's console Winter's Respite, Cold Harbor's favorite, and then One Piece Trainee. Uh, the bar's pretty much the same. It's Blockade of Frost. Uh, and then the Totem, the Renewing Undeath. I did make a change. I swapped out Caltrips for the Stamina version of the Blast Bones uh, to get that Major Defile. Um, mm. And just a little bit more a little bit more damage than Caltrops is. Uh, just to add a little bit more pressure. Uh, and then the Mender, and then the Colossus is still the ultimate. Uh, the armors four uh, four pieces of heavy, three pieces of light, all divines, jewelries, three three infused pieces with spell damage, and then it's sugar skulls and tripods. Um, so one, it's just more fun now. The build is just a lot more fun. There's so much stuff going on with this build now, with the all the CC that a mag crow throwing on the ground and the totem, and then the, you know throwing the renewing on death, and if that if that takes a uh, um, a body, you know. A, body on the ground then it gets like the extra skull proc and so that's going on did uh, you remind us with that renewing undeath ability is did i miss that yeah it's it's essentially it's the ability that uh it um it's it's just a necromancer kind of uh circle heal on the ground uh, but it is a pretty strong heal like for this particular build it's, a, it's, it's like an aoe burst heal like an instant burst yeah, heal instant burst AOE. heal on this particular build it's a 9k burst heal uh, and that's pretty much my spammable heal, and so it's it's pretty strong. It also uh, removes three negative effects um, if it consumes a corpse, and then it also puts a, a 9k hot on your on the team uh, for five seconds. So 9k over five seconds. Um, 
and that's really the spammable heal. That's where the most of the heals are coming from. Um, but there's just, you know, with throwing that on the ground, with throwing the totem on the ground, your, your mender's up, you're throwing the, the blockade of, you know, the unstable wall of frost is happening. Uh, the winter's respite's popping and then the guar's popping up all over the place. There, there's a lot going on with the build now, which is, I'm all about it. I'm all about the, mm-hmm. the, the chaos yeah, that's going your, on. Yeah, you um, like a lot of visuals. Yeah. Um, but it actually, it, 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 the reason it works really well is that this build has kind of become very, you know, and, and most mag crows are this way. I think you would agree with this. They're very kind of control the area. You know, they kind of oh, yeah. choose to control the area. It kind of goes into that CC. And that's why I really liked the Cold Harbor's favorite because it kind of goes perfectly with that idea. So I'm throwing a totem on the ground and then I'm throwing a heal on the ground. Well, then the guar is going to proc and it's going to be that heal over time. Uh, proc of that and you you're you talk about throwing the renewing undeath so that burst heal on the ground combine that with the winter's respite that procs and then the guar heal procs uh anybody in that area is not dying that is a whole bunch of heals a whole bunch of hots going on the team in that area and then the mender still going off there um that's a whole lot of heals going on but at the same time you know, I throw a totem on an enemy and I throw the, the wall of frost trying to slow him down on a group. Well, then the guar is going to proc and it's going to be a pretty strong dot on him. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, I think it's like a 14K dot over 16 or over, it's 14K over six seconds. Um, so it's nothing crazy, but you're throwing, you know, the totem on them, the, the frost. Um, they're getting the, you know, the fear happening. They're getting immobilized. They're getting minor maim. I'm throwing that stamina blast bones. They're getting major defile. And then that guar proccing with the blast bones, it's putting just enough pressure on them that I'm depending on my team that I'm supporting to kind of be able to take over that situation. And so I really like how the Cold Harbor's favorite kind of fits into whatever I'm doing at the moment. If I'm going more support, support focused in the area and kind of creating kind of a support area, it will back me up with that. Or if I'm kind of going CC and offensive, it'll kind of back up the team uh, with that as well. And so I just kind of liked how Cold Harbor's favorite kind of goes um, along with the build, and that it's a very situational build playstyle. Most macros are, and that Cold Harbor's favorite set really kind of backs up that situational, uh, whatever's happening in that specific situation. That's how that set's going to react. Um, and so I think it's working really well. I really like how. I'm kind of getting two uses out of that set. Good old Cold Harbor's favorite. Is that the same set you crafted way back in the day? It's, like- it's actually crafted by one Ket Sparrowhawk. It's your original craft. This, was, this will show wow. you how long I've had this thing in the bank. It was actually before I even had a crafter. Like, it's that, uh, that long you ago. You just had it just sitting around that long. So it's all in pen. Probably. Right? It, well, over over time, it's changed, but there's still a couple in oh, okay. pieces. But eventually, uh, this set needs to be all divines. So if I ever get the transmute crystals, it it will be all divines. That's the way to go now, just to get a little bit more sustained. Amazing! Um, it's stayed in your inventory this whole time. I've I would kept, have deconned. It, I've so. kept <laughs> it around, man. I love I love that Cold Harbor's favorite, and now I feel like it's really found a really good home. Uh, and you know, we've we've talked about this. We were talking about this the other day. You know, the, the Mag Crow support build is really probably the most, I don't know how to say it, the most uh, non-existent in the stat sheets. The I don't want to say thankless because, you know, most people when you have it on the team are very thankful for it. But 
it just doesn't translate to uh, good good results when it, when the match is over. Like you don't see anything in the stat sheets. Um, well, but, it, it it's good actual results, yeah. but it's just the scoreboard. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's you don't see anything on the scoreboard, but they're fantastic to have on the team, and they're they're really there's no measurements for how good they are. You know, the damage numbers are usually low. The healing numbers are usually pretty low. They're not going to have a lot of hit kills. They're usually probably going to be last on the team. You know, they may go like one, two, and two or something like that. But everybody on that team is extremely thankful to have them on the team for the just for the amount of positional, you know, control they have, the, the amount of CC, uh, the, you know, the menders doing heals that don't actually count on the scoreboard. They just, they can affect a team so much and they make such a difference. And usually the team they're on is going to win. You're just not going to see it in the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. That's always how it is on, on my macro healer despair, who's my best support build that I have. And I talk about her all the time. Like she straight carries teams, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it never appears on the scoreboard. You never see it, but you can tell when you're playing, when you're experiencing it, you can definitely feel it. The, the perfect character for me to go to to try to cure my my uh, steam or my my sork addiction right now. This is like the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. This is a good one to go to. Uh, yeah. and, and the fact that I found a home for the Cold Harbor's favorite just makes it all the better. Yeah, great, man. Well, uh, on the topic of uh, healers, I've also been playing with my uh, Magicka Warden healer, Aunt Lola, who's also a Oaken Soul single bar build. Um, and I really like playing a single bar healer. I haven't tried an actual offensive Oaken Soul build yet. Um, I, I probably will sometime soon, but uh, playing a single bar healer is really fun because you really can just focus on your job. That's that's all you got to do. Nothing else. Um, pretty fun but um aunt lola she's here to prove that not all wardens are bad um that's kind of the the theme of her build um she wants you to to not hate wardens so much please um her build she's a pure healer her build is five pieces Hedy's hearth five pieces rallying cry uh oaken soul ring and one piece magma incarnate uh, so a real kind of standard healer setup really other than the oaken soul um, her bar is uh, Blessing of Restoration, Healing Springs, Budding Seeds, uh, Shimmering Shield, uh, the Deceptive Predator, Flappy Wings, and the Healing Thicket Trees Ultimate. Um, and I'm pretty set on that bar setup. I've been really happy with that. The uh, Healing Springs and Budding Seeds, those are two ground AoE hots. And uh, those are the the strong kind of hots now right like all the sticky hots have been nerfed uh and all the aoe hots have been buffed so those two stacked on top of each other are actually really strong uh plus budding seeds gives that big um burst heal whenever it ends uh and healing springs helps you with sustain that's really nice as well um i went with shimmering shield instead of the crystallized slab they're both really good um crystallized slab that's so both of these abilities, that's the the ice shield you put around yourself and it absorbs projectiles. Uh, Shimmering Shield gives you um, major heroism and the crystallized slab morph, um, it shoots like an ice ball back at your attacker and it stuns them. So um, crystallized slab would be a really great choice. I don't have any crowd control otherwise. Um, so I, 
I was very tempted to, to use that morph, but I ultimately decided to use Shimmering Shield uh, basically for roleplay reasons. Uh, you know, uh, Aunt Lola, she's a, she's a nature lover. She, she, she wants to do no harm. You know, mm-hmm. she's, a, she's a goody-goody. Uh, so she wants to only help people, only heal people. She doesn't want to be doing damage or stunning people or any of that kind of stuff. She's here. To remind you that not all wardens are bad, okay? <laughs> There's also nothing wrong uh, with that major and minor heroism. It's always with that with that oaken soul yeah. and, and shimmering shield. That's a nice, sweet little combo. Yes, that is very, very nice. I always have the tree as ultimate ready to go all the time. Um, and it's a really fun build to play. It's like it's certainly not a meta build, but you know, not every build has to be like the very best possible build out there you know and there's definitely something to be said for a fun factor and there's definitely like a role play element to this build and that's not to say it's a bad build it's very good i mean her healing numbers are outrageous she's a very extremely powerful healer she's very effective um but it's kind of what i've always said about this character her effectiveness kind of depends on what team she's on you know Mm -hmm. if she Mm -hmm. is on a group of uh if she's with like a, a three other competent players then she's going to elevate them and they're, that team's going to be unstoppable and we're going to be great. Um, but like she, she's not like my mag crow where it's like, I'm just going to drag you kicking and screaming across the finish line. You know, my, my mag crow can, can do that even though she has way, way weaker heels, but it's, it's all this other stuff she brings that we were just talking about. But you know, if, it's kind of flip-flopped, you know, if I were to take my Mag Crow and put it on a really high MMR pre-made team, she would not elevate that team as much as the as the Warden does. You know, so they both have their place. Um, but anyway, I, I like the fact that she's just, like, very plain and simple. She's just a healer. She doesn't... She can do Resto Heavy attacks. That's, that's the only damage she has. <laughs> uh, and there's just that one bar. I'm not worrying about casting any buffs or anything like that. I'm just kind of focused on my job and that's all I'm doing. And it's even fun. Like even when I get focused, you know, and there's like a whole team just trying to like XV one me down, you know, all I can do is out heal it and line of sight. She has three swift and she has the flappy wings, you know, so she's pretty mobile. Um, but it's pretty fun to just see how long I can survive without, I'm not hurting anyone. You know, I'm just, I'm just over here minding my own business. Mm hmm. Uh, that's the old Davius, Davius way. The original Davius, you know, no need to hurt anybody. Just throw those heels up. Yeah, yep. Your original Magplar pure healer. I'm not quite as pure as because <laughs> on that build, even your light attacks uh, heal people. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so not quite as pure. Lola will get like one or two kills a match because she'll just accidentally get one from a heavy attack or something. Um. But yeah, I think she's just a perfect example of like, not every build has to be like the most super effective thing possible, you know, like there's a fun factor, it's effective enough, you know, and on the right team, it's actually really, really good. Yeah. I really like pairing Lola up with Lord of Nords, just the the ultimate take all the hits brawler, and then just the ultimate, just crazy heals. Those are a fun pairing. Yeah. She does really well if I have a brawler that has a lot of crowd control, like a DK with like talons and fossilize or something like that. Then mm-hmm. she does, she does extremely well in that kind of situation because that's what she lacks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, that's all I have to say about Lola. I'm probably going to keep playing with her, so I'll probably have more to say about her in the future. All right, Davius, 
What's going on with Thane of Pain, the Sork? How many, how oh, many poor souls have you murdered since the last time we've talked? You know, this is like what three three episodes in a row. I've had I've had to mention <laughs> old Thane of Pain. You know, it's, probably it's an addiction. I'll, I'll say it. You know, the addiction's mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, we I think we can blame originally Uncle Sam for this. You know, Uncle he, Sam's he, the blame. Yep. He put this thing into existence, and then everybody's you know kind of made their their pieces of it, but. Uh, just a quick reminder of the build. It is Oak and Soul build. Um, five-piece Kavash Gladiator, five-piece War Maiden, and then one-piece Magma Incarnate. Um, now, I will, I am most likely going to make a change with the build that it's, I would say minor, but I'm actually going to drop uh, War Maiden and put on Briarheart. Um, and oh, mainly nice. just because that, that War Maiden, you know, that loss of War Maiden, it is going to, make my frags and curse be a little bit weaker. Um, but overall, you know, me and you have talked about this. I think it's going to be more damage. You know, fury is going to be stronger. My vigor heal is going to be stronger. The overload is going to be stronger and just my light attacks will be stronger. And so I think overall it's going to be better and, and it is purely an execute build. So, uh, buffing those execute abilities, I think is going to be better in the long run. So a slight change coming to the build in the future, but, um, uh, you know, I, I had to get creative with, with how I was going to get over the addiction of this build. You know, you just you just get addicted to kills, just mm-hmm. go rampaging, you know, you get bloodlust in your eyes. Um, I will say the addiction is spreading to the rest of the uh, scrolling Discord. It's true. We've <laughs> it been is, getting a lot of screenshots in the Discord it's lately. Sp- <laughs> it's spreading throughout, you know, it's it's the, the Execute Sork um, uh, a plague right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I had to, I had to come up with this creative idea. So, so what I did is I actually gave myself a limit. It originally, you know, I told you it was going to be 25. I actually lowered it to 20. So I gave myself okay. a, a limit of, of 20 final matches. Uh, and I actually took screenshots and recorded them all, kept them all on one page and just said, all right, next 20 matches, I'm just going to record the stats. And then I'm putting this guy on the shelf. Uh, and then, you know, as I said, I moved over to the Mag Crow, which is great. Great way to get off this addiction. Macros get no kills. Uh, yeah. And this, you know, just just moving on from from uh, all the kills and matches. Uh, and it actually ended up being really fun. It was really cool to kind of keep track of every match. You know, there was definitely some clunkers in there. Uh, definitely some ones that didn't really go well. But overall, um, this build just, like, like all these execute sorks, it is just racking up the kills. Um, but it was just kind of neat to kind of to keep track and see him from match to match and kind of see the differences of of you know different, being on different teams or seeing different people in the match. Um, overall, you know the final numbers of the twenty matches is it uh, uh, two hundred and seventy six kills and uh, forty eight deaths. So ah, very uh, good. That's <laughs> pretty pretty uh, pretty you know typical with the execute sork build ratio. Uh, and, and like I said, there, there was some good ones in there. There were some clunkers in there. Um, but it was just kind of fun to just know, all right, these next 20 matches, I'm just keeping, keeping the stats and then, and then going to move on. Um, I actually had some fun with it and it might be something I do with kind of upcoming builds because, uh, the other thing that kind of was nice about it is it, you know, we, we play a lot of BGs. We do a lot of theory crafting with builds and we kind of get a feel for how the builds are working or how they're going. Um, but when I was actually 
keeping the stats of each match all on one spreadsheet. It was one of the better kind of just overlooking views I had of how the bill was operating. Um, and it, it, it actually ended up being pretty beneficial to, for me figuring out, you know, having an idea of what teams it, the, this build's going to work on and what teams this build's not going to work on. Um, oh, yeah. If, if this build, you know, it, it kind of gave me kind of a next level in depth of, of kind of figuring out how to work the build better. Um, if this, if this builds on a team that, uh, nobody on the team is, you, you don't have a brawler or a support, nobody on the team's going to be taking hits. And so they're going to be chasing, you know, they're going to be, the enemies are going to be finding a way to chase you down and get hits on you. Uh, this build's going to struggle a little bit. It, it absolutely can't take hits, but if there's nobody on the team to take hits, then eventually they're going to, you know, run you down and, and and hit you <laughs> yeah that's the uh, thing that's the thing about that build is you need that front line yes. at least one person up there you yeah. just need somebody up there distracting them why this build can get going but if you don't have that and they're just coming right at you you know no distractions and nobody in between you this build's going to struggle and that was usually the the reason for the clunkers but i just you know kind of going back to it it, it was just kind of a nice good overview to kind of really review uh, the performance of the build and just kind of look at it top to bottom all you know a, a good amount of matches 20 matches and just kind of see the overall results uh, and it was just ended up being kind of fun and it might be something i do with other builds just to kind of see how has you know what the results look like nice dude is that it for pain of pain that's all i have to say the the addiction he's on the shelf i officially saying goodbye for now so what do you have like a minimum amount of time that has to pass before you're allowed to play him again I, I think that, I mean, I'll still play him because it's still a really fun build. I, so, you know, the addiction's not fully cured. Um, <laughs> but I think now the main, the only time I would mainly pull him out now is if, if we're grouping up and, and there's just a need of, all right, we need somebody to play an execute build and everybody else has their other builds to figure out. And, and I'm in, you know, I need to be that, that kind of person on the team that gets the kills. I'll happily hop on this guy. But when I'm it's doing, cool to have that on the roster. It's yeah, good to just absolutely. have that ready, yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's kind of really the nice thing about Thane of Pain is that he slots right into Lord of Nords. You know, Lord of Nords, just like we were talking about, Lord of Nords is kind of that perfect brawler that slots into those team matches. When if you, you could like, put them on the same team somehow, <laughs> that'd be great. Well, it works out because, <laughs> you know, usually the people that we play with now, most people have this uh, some sort of execute build. And so if they're playing yep. theirs, I can grab Lord of Nords. But it's just, like you said, it's just nice to have a roster of, you know, if we're putting a team together and we kind of want to have a, a good cohesive team, uh, I've got, you know, Lord of Nords, he's that perfect brawler. He, he will be up front. He will distract people. He's going to take all the attention. And so I have that piece if it's needed. Uh, but it's nice to have also this piece where it's like, okay, now I've got this piece that if, if I need to be the person that's going to get the team kills and, and finish a lot of kills, I, I have that piece. Uh, as well so yeah that's, that's kind of work with other characters too yep uh still working on the perfect you know support for that but uh you know we'll see we'll see we're getting there in other news the best in slot staff style has changed it is now the sisters guardian this is big style news. big news Formerly the Night Hollow style, now the Sisters Guardian. If you're looking for the best possible, coolest looking staff style in the game, Sisters Guardian. Or Sistress, S-Y-S-T-R-E-S. Sistress Guardian. Sistress Guardian. Look it up. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up. It is a, 
it's the best best looking staff in the game. Best looking staff. It's so cool. It looks like a like a character from Star Wars would hold it and like shoot yeah. laser beams out of the end of it or it's, something. It looks like a very sci-fi looking spear. They finally made yeah. a staff that looks like a like a sci-fi spear. This is it. Yes. It's fantastic. Okay, I think that's all that's been going on in the game. Emails and shout-outs. We got a few emails this week. Uh, first email comes from Bo from the UK. Um, we read a, a big, long email from Bo in the last podcast. We kept calling him Bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo wrote in to clarify that it's Bo, like the weapon. <laughs> it wouldn't um, be scrolling if we pronounced it right on the first try. You know, that's just, that's the way it is. Okay, guys, we have a style and we're sticking to it. <laughs> I actually went with Bow on that last, when we were talking, I was like, I think I'm going to say Bow, but then, or, or I, I'm going to say Bo, but then I ended up saying Bow the whole time. <laughs> Uh, Bo also says hi mum nice. uh, in that email mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, if uh, if Bo's mum is listening Bo says hello shout out shout out to Bo's mum uh, also got an email from Grizzly Khan Grizzly Khan also says hi mom shout out Grizzly Khan's mom what? that's a new <laughs> Gr- one shout out Grizzly mom shout out Grizzly mom <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Grizzly also wrote us another email uh, to to request a shout out uh, again to Uncle Sam for the absolutely cracked Magsork mm-hmm. execute build. Uh, Grizzly got like a 40, 44 and one kill count. He's posting some uh, some screenshots in the Discord. Uh, he said, "I get it now." <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this is just every time that this build gets pop- more popular and popular, and we talk about it. There's just a little, you know, just a single tear that drips down Uncle Sam's face as his build is being exposed more and more to, to <laughs> the ESO community. <laughs> he kept it wrapped up for so, you know, for as long as he could. <laughs> Sam in the chat says, sad thing is you're right. <laughs> now, Grizzly, remember, with great power, <laughs> you, you saw Spider-Man, right? Yeah. You know the rest. Uh, so yeah, Just but it is before you, long, you get... Grizzly. You'll be giving yourself a, a set limit twenty matches. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, but um, yeah, anyone listening, if you're just like tired of not getting kills and you just want to get a bajillion kills, make yourself a mag sork and use the Kavach Gladiator set, mm-hmm. and it's just Curse Fury frags with the Overload Ultimate. Pretty much that easy. That's that's basically the bell. I mean, there there's more to it. If you want more details, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. I'll share I'll share my build with you, but that's basically it. Kavash Gladiator is where it's at. It's an extremely good build for battlegrounds, specifically where as a Sork, your job is stealing kills for your mm-hmm. team. That's mm-hmm. what you're there for. Um you know, yeah. Go for it. I mean forty four and one is what Grizzly got <laughs> on his. So <laughs> Uh. (laughs) Um, quick announcement the next episode two weeks from today it's going to be tuesday november 22nd at 8 p.m central standard time we're going to have an extra special episode of the scrolling podcast it's going to be the bg report so we're going to talk all about the current state of battlegrounds should be a very very positive conversation i'm sure (laughs) it's going to be good uh, we're gonna we're gonna rank all the classes from worst to best, uh, uh, in as far as their effectiveness in battlegrounds and all that stuff. We're gonna have extra special guest Uncle Sam, 
um, there with us. Always a good time uh, having Sam there. Always some some good insights and good we'll, times with Sam. We'll really try to squeeze any new builds he's got out there that he doesn't want to share yet. We'll really try to squeeze those out for the cast next. Yeah, episode. we'll uh, we'll go ahead and give him 500k gold in advance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam's been known to sell his builds to people in game for gold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Yeah. So join us for the BG report, uh, Tuesday, November 22nd at 8 PM central standard time here on the discord, uh, scroll and podcast at gmail.com. If you're not already a member of the discord, uh, send us an email and I'll send you an invite. Um, and I'll, I'll be putting some in, uh, some reminders out in the discord as well. If you, if you're a member of that, then, uh, it it won't sneak up on you. Any other announcements or anything else, Davius? I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered it. Get to singing that, uh, that song of fire. Yep. Song of ice and fire. Mm. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons, best named guild on the PCNA server. Uh, and the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. If you'd like to be a member, send us an email at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full, uh, that's okay. We can get you in the Discord. Uh, and anyone who's in the Discord is a fully fledged goon as far as we're concerned. So scrollandpodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll get you in there. And I think that's it, right, Davius? Oh, you know what? This is totally okay. a random update, but I totally okay. forgot about it. The Guild Hall officially, this is big time. We officially have four Munda Stones now. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which mm-hmm. ones are they? Do you remember? Uh, the Stamina and uh, Magicka Sustain, and then the Stamina and Magicka Damage. Hey, that's the only ones you need. That's the only ones you need. There you go. Very moving nice. up in the world, goons. We're moving up in the world. That's actually awesome. I will remember that. Because those are literally the only four I use. Pretty we've, much. Look, we've hooked Kit. We've got Kit. Uh, hey, I already use the Guildhall quite a bit. I use it just today. I uh, I reconstructed two things there. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>